typically when Russ or we're at any other game this season, when the run game stalls out, it feels like when we have to put the ball in Russ's hands and say, go win this game, he can't win the game. I don't think he did a single time this season. I mean, <laughs> I know that's going to get a lot of people riled up. Sweep, 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 sweep. Get the fuck out of here, Chargers. Yeah, let's go, baby. I Okay, before we jump into everything, the Denver Broncos, unfortunately, were eliminated from uh, playoff contention. But I'm still going to bring the good energy, man. The Broncos, for the first time, and I don't know how long, sweep the Los Angeles Chargers. Super excited, man. Jordan's back on the show. We got a great episode lineup, lineup for you guys today. Broncos get their first win in three weeks. Uh, man, it's just it's good to see some uh, good, effective uh, football for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball and at the quarterback position for the first time in a while, which I can't wait to uh, to uh, hit on. But as always, but first, everybody, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell. Uh, my co-host, Jordan Lopez. Jordan, how are you feeling, man, after the win? Uh, how's everything going? Man, it, it was good to see some Broncos football. I've missed it for a while, especially with all the drama that has led up to it. Uh, I know I haven't been on uh, in several episodes, so it's back to be on. I'm talking to my guy. Mm-hmm. And I to everyone watching, but yeah, it was. A, I thought it was a great game. It was actually the very first time this year that I did not see any social media posts during the game because I had to screen mirror my phone to the TV due to some family stuff at my house. <laughs> so it was actually a good time not being on social media and stuff and just getting away from it. So I have no idea which who people are mad at because of course someone's mad at somebody during a Broncos win. Uh, I don't know who it is. Maybe you can fill me in, but man, I, it was just good to see the Broncos win a divisional game with all the drama led up, like leading up to it and stuff. And I know, I know, me and you probably had the same thoughts, but I know it's 16 points, but I thought the offense still moved the ball really good. But we'll get into it. Yeah, forget about those pessimists, man. We're realists. We, we've always been realists on the show. We, we tell you how we see it. It's not being biased. It's simply you. We actually watch film and dissect. <laughs> position by position like that we just tell you how we see it um as we do every single week we go by uh we go through the good and we go through the bad no matter the broncos winning or losing always telling you exactly what happened all four quarters of the game first let's go and start jumping into uh, some of the good i mean we just got to talk about it straight up for all the people if you're listening to the show you're kind of new to the show me and jordan uh definitely um there was week eight after the Broncos beat the Chiefs for the first time in several years. So many people got pissed off at us after we came on the show. Um, I brought I brought up the point that maybe the offense would have been much, much better with Jarrett Sidham uh, as a starter. This is, you know, after week eight where the Broncos beat the Chargers or excuse me, the Chiefs for the first time. in I don't know how many years. It was a long time. We, we just had coming off 15 straight losses, 16 straight losses. And um, J-Mac definitely did not agree. A lot of people definitely tore into me. I'm not too sure if there was any, anybody besides like you and a few other people that agreed with me on this. Right. And here we are where, in my opinion, I do agree with you. I think the offense moved the ball a lot more better, a lot more smoothly. Um, a lot more efficiently. Was the offense still limited in some areas? Yes, but that's exactly what the game plan that Sean Payton had out for this offense today. Do I think there should have been more inter- intermediate plat- passes thrown in there? Like, if you bring up Twitter and, and all the criticism, the number one thing I'm seeing is how 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 did this offense look any different from when Russell Wilson was running it a week ago to now when Jarrett Sinem's running it now? The thing is, 
left the field goal out there. So that's an additional three points for anybody who's chalking up the, you know, score points in total and whatnot. The possessions where they got to the goal line, Jared said, I'm wanting to go for it. Maybe who knows what happens there. I just, to me, the biggest thing today was stepping up in the pocket, making throws when you need to, not holding on to the ball too long. And the offensive line, not even having that phenomenal of a day as we saw during the win streak with Russell Wilson. And he still made up for us on plays that that play where he stepped up and rolled to his right to find Lil Jordan Humphrey, which shout out to Lil Jordan Humphrey. That was an insane touchdown. That play was like, I have that. I, it's been a while since I've seen something like that. Cause Russ, don't get me wrong. He's, he's improvised and made some plays, but have we seen him do it as consistently as Jared Sidham did today? No, 165 passing yards in the first half. I tweeted this. I think that was the, like the first time I've seen that statistically since like Peyton Manning in Denver. Like it, it's been a minute. So we'll we'll dive into it more. But like, what was what is your overall thoughts on his performance today? Um, and then anybody saying that this is kind of just the same thing as we saw with Russell Wilson? Yeah, I can see how that's like Twitter's first reaction is like, oh, Sean Payne said it was supposed to be a spark, and then we still only scored sixteen. I mean, a lot of factors did go into it. I mean, we should have had 16 points at the end of half if Will Lutz didn't miss the field goal, which I think would have been the most in a while. I yeah, think. So, so that would actually have been the most points scored in our first half all the way since week two versus the Commanders. Oh, so there you go. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the offense didn't look, you know, great against Stidham. This was the first time Stidham was going with the ones. I know he's been practicing with the ones all week, but still, I mean, you still need some time with it. And also, he didn't have the majority of his guys. And it was funny enough, before uh, the game, I think even in the morning, I texted with uh, Sarah, our guy at Predominantly Orange, and we were talking. I basically told him, like, I wonder how healthy uh, Judy is because he came up with that flu on Friday. It would have been different if he came up with the flu on Wednesday because he would have had a couple more days to rest up. But he got it on Friday, and then I wasn't even expecting him to play. But once I saw Marvin Mims out, I'm like, I think Judy's going to play, but not to his full potential. Because, I mean, I mean, I, even during the game, CBS showed him on the sideline. Like, I was coughing up a storm. He looked like me because I'm sick right now. But I don't think he was fully healthy. Sutton wasn't there. I mean, he was missing a whole bunch of guys. Marvin Mims, Mike McGlinchey got hurt at one point. Yeah. So, a lot of, like, there were, there were a lot of people out on the offense. Or, I want to say out, but not healthy. So, he had to deal with a lot of moving parts. I like Brandon Johnson a lot. He's one of my guys. I expected a big game. I told Sarah that that if Judy wasn't 100% and he didn't play every snap, of course, because he's sick, that I expected Brandon Johnson to get a lot of looks, and he did. I thought Brandon Johnson played really good, in my opinion, for the opportunities that he got. Again, you mentioned little Jordan Humphrey did good. But again, I thought Stidham did what he was supposed to do, and we mentioned it weeks and weeks and weeks ago. There are stuff that Stidham can do that Russ was doing previous. And I understand why people would be like, oh, it looks like the same offense. Well, isn't that a bit of a concern? Like, that's the reason why we were mentioning it. Like, if Stidham could just do the same as Russ, then why not just put Stidham in? Especially because if Russ gets hurt, we get locked into that contract and the whole deal. But, again, I thought the offense was fine. Again, he had some little mis mishaps here and there, but I would like to see Stidham with, you know, his full guys on the offense. I think it would look a lot better. The running game looked good at some points. I can – only guess that Twitter's mad at Javante for some reason. I, they probably are. I, yeah. I mean, I just know how good Broncos Twitter is already, so I can probably just read into it. Um, 
but yeah, you can see Stidham wasn't as accurate as he usually was, which is the only thing I would knock him for. Um, but again, that's just not being with those guys as consistently as like Russ was throughout the whole season. So I'm not surprised he wasn't like uh, like connecting with Jerry Judy with every single pass. We saw a couple of those times. Uh, I wouldn't even doubt if some of the guys on Twitter said that he was supposed to catch every single ball he got thrown his way. But you, you could just tell things were off a bit. But I liked how the offense ran. I'm assuming Champagne liked some things. And of, of course, he didn't like some other things. But all in all, I, th- I thought the offense was pretty fine. By the way, Stidham doing that for $230 million less, it's pretty telling as well. Like you mentioned, Sutton not in there. Mims not in there. McGlinchey's not in there. Um, Dulcich, obviously, I mean, he hasn't been there for Russ either. But you get the point. Like, he's doing this with not a lot of talent. And the fact that he hasn't played in a football game in four months, like, are we going to mention that? He hasn't played in a football game in four months. Like, yeah, he's been at practice, but I, I guarantee you any player you talk to or any player we'll have on the show will tell you, like, game experience is far more important than any practice, any practice. So not playing in four months, um, getting your only your third career, only the third start of your NFL career, and then coming in there and playing the way that you did. As he was The biggest thing to me was he was so confident. That's he was just like like li- dripping with confidence. Like there was that one possession where he comes to the sideline and it's like he didn't shout at uh, Sean Payton, but he kind of let him know like, man, I want I want to go for that that fourth down. Like I understand you guys taking the timeout and then you guys second guess yourself and decide to put the the kicking unit out there. Like that's that was stuff I love to see and also the possession where uh, Ben I believe it was Ben Powers and um, Garrett Bowles that both got got called for like holds or false false starts at the one yard line set the Broncos back 10 20 yards and then after that the kick a field goal he goes to the sidelines I don't think I've seen Russ do this a single time this year he goes up and down the bench and is literally like not yelling at them but like critiquing them like let him know this is what you have to do different this is the cadence this is how we're running things at the at the line of scrimmage like also the line of scrimmage like the audibles the you know the leadership everything like it was almost like he's had like two years of starting experience like under his belt like he was such a professional today and he played with so much confidence and leadership it was so like i'm i'm not even trying to like glaze right there right now like, i'm just the way he like carried himself in today's game i'm not saying that russell wilson didn't carry himself well but the way jared sidham approached today's game it's almost like he's been doing this for a long time and that's what made this offense so much more confident that they would go win this game and not choke it down the stretch yeah it's going to be interesting to see how next week is and i know we're yeah. talking about right now but next week when some guys got healthy when hopefully you know some guys get over this flu bug because i heard pre-game that a lot of players have gotten hit with it in the locker room it wasn't just Judy. It was just a whole bunch of other guys. So I, w- I would like to see everyone fully healthy with Stidham. I bet the offense looks a lot better. And I know Champagne has one more streak to end before the season ends, and he's going to break that Raider streak. But, yeah, I mean, again, I, everyone's going to critique St- Stidham here and there just because of the whole Rusk and Champagne fiasco and drama and all that. But at the end of the day, if the offense looked the same to you, then that should tell you something about Russ. If it looked better, then again, that should tell you something else. Like, one way or the other, it's not like the offense downgraded so much that, oh, my God, Champagne, whatever. Either looked the same or it got better to one point or the other. I know the points don't show, but you can tell if you just watch the game in its entirety without basically Judy for half of the game, basically, because his illness and then some other guys going out. I think McGlinchey got out pretty early in the game. Yeah. Um. 
the offense did as much as it can. And again, Stidham, when he got fired up that we weren't going on it for fourth down, that he got me fired up. I didn't expect that from him. But you could just tell, like, he had a, a fire to him all day today. So it, it was nice to see that. I know a lot of people uh, were upset that, you know, Russ was, you know, on the sidelines and they kept on showing him and stuff like that, which it is what it is. But, man, I think Stidham, he carried himself well. Not saying that Russ didn't, but he carried himself well, like you said. And, man, it looked like the receivers in general were just happy, happier on the sidelines. And I'm not trying to, trying to create drama or anything. But I think I've mentioned it to you off air. I've never really wanted to mention this on air. But there were a couple of times during the season that I saw, like, Russ would get hit, like, pass the line of scrimmage or whatever, and then some offensive lineman, usually they'll run up to the quarterback and help him up. You really didn't see that much with Russ. So, again, I'm not just trying to stir stuff up, but you could just tell there, were like, there was a spark on the sidelines, and there, it was reported on CBS. So that's not something I'm making up. That was actually reported. But, yeah, it just felt like a different atmosphere in there. No, you're right. Like, Quinn Miners are a very, very good person. And this this doesn't make him a bad person. But, like, you can kind of critique both sides. But last week I saw a handful of plays where Quinn Miners gets beats for the sack. And Russ, nobody – they. I saw a play where Quinn Miners on the All-22 literally looks back at him, turns his head, and walks to the sideline. Like, it's, it's that bad where, like, they know that he's kind of holding on to the ball a little bit too long. And – it's it's one of those things where I do have to be a little bit in Russ's defense. Like, come on, that's your quarterback. You got to help him up and everything. Yeah. But, like, th- there were some other things that you talked about, and you're right. Like, I saw two times in the sideline today where Jared Siddham literally dapping up Judy on the sideline. Please, someone send me a clip, Broncos Avenue, Twitter, Instagram, uh, a single time ever that su- that he ever dapped up Jared Judy on the sidelines. Never. I From the, any camera angles that we've ever gotten, it seems like they never talk to each other. It's like some camaraderie, the the lack of chemistry, just like, I don't know. And it's, and I'm not going to say you're the entire episode and say Jarrison will play the perfect game. Like you mentioned, he had some mishaps where the accuracy yeah. was off at times. But like I said, he hadn't played in four, he hadn't played in four months in an NFL game, you know, in a preseason game. In a, a regular season game, it's been a year. Literally the last time he, the, his first start with the Raiders last year was on New Year's Day, so. It's been a while, but he when he adjusted to the game, and it's like when the run game kind of was, you noticed in the second half, the run game kind of started to stall out a little bit, wasn't as effective. Typically, when Russ or we're in any other game this season, when the run game stalls out, it feels like when we have to put the ball in Russ's hands and say, go win this game, you can't win the game. I don't think he did a single time this season. I mean, <laughs> I know that's going to get a lot of people riled up, but Good. at the end of the day, like, I know we talked about it, and I'm not, and I'm not here because I don't like these type of people, but I'm not here to say, oh, I was right or whatever. Because at the end of the day, I listen to all points of views, and I gather as much information. I, I like to listen to everybody. I don't block people and have my own opinion and stick with it. I like to listen to everything. I would want to change my mind if that's the case because I want to learn, right? But it was interesting right before the game in the morning when Ian Rappaport came out with his big news with the whole rust situation and said like when players were watching film during the week of the past few games, they saw an endless string of open players that Wilson wasn't finding in time. And that sure the big times were there in the fourth quarter, but finding the open guy in rhythm was an issue and players saw it and privately discussed it among themselves. Like that, that's big. And the reason why I bring this up is, and I know, you know, I, I am labeled as like a big Judy guy, but I also critique him at times 
And I'll like I think, for example, his running his run blocking, I think he can do much better on that and take more pride in that. But in today, once I know one play specifically, when little Jordan Humphrey took it to, to the house on that, yeah, you saw Judy hustle like hauling yeah, ass and trying to I mean it was almost an illegal block in the back, but still he he dove for that block kind of. So yeah. like those little things like that like energizes the group. And I think that's what Sean Payne was talking about, right? Like just finding a little spark within the offense with whether it's hustle plays, run blocking stuff, like th- that type of energy is what you want within an, an offense, right? And like that report from me and Rapport really opened my mind because we talked about it so much, Amir, that even when we were on this winning streak, we were being told like, hey, stop complaining. Like we're winning. No need to like say any of this. But the players and Sean Payton, were <laughs> they knew this all along and i know we were winning at the time but still it was a problem and it wasn't a sustainable re- uh, recipe for success and we talked about it and now we're here with the whole drama and i don't want to say that we're on the right side of it but it does look like there are you can connect the dots towards the situation and stuff so you talk about after that, that week eight game, I specifically remember everybody, um, you know, on YouTube, we posted a little clip with it as well. And some people didn't agree, which I, I respect everybody's opinion. Like I, I understand, yeah. but at the end of the day, do you feel like I, I mean, I, I, I stand strongly by this, but do you think the Broncos would be in the playoffs right now? If Jared Siddham did jump in after that chiefs game? Cool. Well, I haven't been here in a long time, so I, I am glad that I get to, you know, get all my thoughts about this out because I, I haven't talked in a while about the Broncos, so I'm glad that I get to talk about it now. Still. But I I guess, like, I, I would say 100%, I do think we would still be in the playoff hunt. I know we got eliminated uh, because the Chiefs just beat the Bengals, mm-hmm. but I do believe if Jerry Siddham played in that Patriots game, I do believe we win that game. I do believe that our offense would look a lot better if he started way before I know we mentioned it a long time ago. If Stidham were just to get in the game, I think we even mentioned that week 10, week 11, stuff like that. If Stidham were just to play, we'd have a better chance. But again, we just say, hey, just let Russ play. Let Russ do his thing. He's he's fine. All right. <laughs> I mean, hey, it is what it is. I think we'll, we'll still be in the playoff hunt. I would think we even be in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I, I guess you can say Champagne was one week too late, if you want to say that. I know we've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> and Lombardi, I, I mean, I know I haven't told you this, but this is Michael Lombardi. He was uh he was like, I'm surprised the Broncos didn't do this way, way back. So and he's been hearing it for a while. So again, I know everyone's gonna have their different opinions, but again, I think if Jared Stidham started a while ago, I think we'd still be in the hunt. Yeah, I agree. I think we would actually hold a spot in the playoffs right now. I'll go as far to say that. Um, so uh, we'll revisit that a little bit um, just because there's some other stuff we want to talk about with the Ryan Clark and uh, Kareem Jackson commenting <laughs> on that with uh, Sean Payton, which is a little bit funny. But um, let's talk about a few more performances. We talked about little Jordan Humphrey. That was one of the biggest – that was one of the best like run-after catches I've ever seen in a Broncos uni- uniform in recent memory. Not that I've ever seen, but like in recent memory. Like that reminded me – I don't want to make this big of a comparison, but like – I remember Demarius Thomas catching passes like that and making plays after the catch. And that's kind of when I saw uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, like just juking guys out, making guys miss like that. That was cool, man. It was kind of like, whoa, like 
I guarantee you a lot of Broncos fans are like, wait, who's who's wearing number 17 there? But um, Jaleel McLaughlin had a really good game. He uh, is averaging a good amount of uh, yards uh, per carry, um, got some work done in the receiving game. He really, he really, um, he deserves a lot of credit, man. Like even when the plays weren't made, like open downfield, Jared Sidham was able to dump it off to him and he was able to, you know, keep, keep drives going. And because of that, that was kind of the spark our offense uh, got in uh, scoring night or should have been 19 points, but scoring 16 today. Yeah, I thought they played good. I don't know if we can also credit Javante just because how people are on social media, but I thought Javante had a good game. I would like to say that. I thought he had a decent game. I don't think people should be bashing him, but I thought our running backs played well in general. I think we rushed for over 101 yards uh, as I see it, and they did they did uh, well in the in the passing game as well. Mm-hmm. But Jaleel McLaughlin, I think, is a stud. I can't wait for him to see how he does next year with us. I don't know. I don't know why. Javante is the latest victim in Broncos country to just get criticized for everything that he does, but that needs to stop. I know it won't because I know how some fans operate. And I know it's only some because not everyone in Broncos country. There's a lot of smart people out there, but again, the I don't know why Javante is the latest player in the totem pole of getting criticized, but I thought the running backs in general played great. Um, again, there were some things that happened on the offensive line. I can even remember one play specifically where Khalil Mack just pushed back Manhurts and Javante had no choice but to run into him. So, and I know but probably Javante's people, watched, I guess. And I, I am a hundred percent believe that people blame that Javante, just knowing how people operate again. But again, I thought they all played well. Again, the offense operated more efficiently in the run game, I believe. And yeah, I think for what it was and what it was worth, I thought they did pretty good. Yeah, the criticism criticism over him is just as stupid. It might honestly be more stupid than it is with Jerry Judy. Like, it probably uh, is. I I'm getting tired of explaining it every episode. Like when your offensive line blocks, you pick up yards. We saw that today. When your offensive line doesn't block, oh, he doesn't pick up yards. Oh my God, really? That's crazy. I I'm I'm tired of talking about it. it there, it's literally box score watching. Like you guys. Yeah. You sit there with the TV in front of you, but instead you're looking at your phone seeing 2.7 yards per carry. Javante's washed. When you literally take your eyes off your phone, look at the TV, you see he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. Do you want him to be prime Marshawn Lynch, Barry Sanders? Like, I I, I really don't understand it. Even Barry Sanders could, could barely even, if he's hit behind the line of scrimmage, he's not going to, like, come on. Uh, it, it's getting annoying, but also players that uh, I thought played really well, like you mentioned, Brandon Johnson. He only had 27 yards, but they they kept uh, praising him on the broadcast, which I loved. And I, I have to yeah. say, um, I was a little bit critical of uh, Brandon Johnson recently, and you've been on him for weeks now. Like he is, he's 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 good, he's good. And when he gets his opportunities, and he's really good, like inside the sticks, I realized too. Like he's not just that guy, like downfield, like possession wise, like to get you a first down when you really need it. He comes up clutch, and he did today, I believe. Almost, I believe, he, like, three of his four catches were first downs. Yeah, and I'm glad he was the one that stepped up. I mean, another South Florida kid from American Heritage High School down here. Um, but I'm glad he stepped up because I knew going into the game that this guy wasn't going to be 100% healthy. So I knew some of the other receivers were going to step up. And I was hoping Brandon Johnson was going to be one of those guys, and he was. Again, I know it's 27 yards, so it doesn't look flashy to others. And I know – Fans will just look at it. But, again, I thought he had a great game. Um, again, if he gets some more opportunities, he could be a really good wide receiver, in my opinion. I really believe that. I really do. Um, another guy I want to talk about, uh, going to special teams, Riley Dixon, man. 
He's not getting any love. He, you got like uh, Pat McAfee, man. I, I don't know if he posted anything with Riley Dixon tonight, but he, he should have, man. That 63 yard bomb uh, had a few other 50 plus yard bombs all inside the 20, man. He, he was, he was balling out, man. Uh, he had a really, really good game today. Uh, he's definitely on my stock up. Yeah, five punts, three inside the 20, 48.6 average. And then, uh, like I mentioned, that 63-yard bomb. Um, he's been very inconsistent this season, but that was probably his best game of the year. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was actually kind of sad not to see any McAfee tweets about for the brand with Reddy Dixon. He did he did have a, a good game. Again, another player that's been criticized for some odd reason. But, again, Reddy Dixon, good game. I know people won't acknowledge it just because he's a punter. But, again, I think special teams matters, and Sean Payne understands that. Uh, Drew Sanders made some uh, – he made two really, really, really important tackles for the Broncos in this game. You can make the argument if he doesn't make those tackles, this game looks entirely different. Uh, that tackle on the fake punt, um, that was uh, huge for the Broncos. Uh, you know, turned the ball over on downs for them, gave the offense good starting field position. He sniffed that out right away um, with defenders right behind him. Um, then another clutch tackle on that third down before the Chargers missed the field goal. Um, if he doesn't make that tackle – they may, they may go down and score a touchdown. Who knows? So Drew Sanders, man, he's not getting uh, all the snaps in the world, but he's making the ones that he does get uh, count. And I think he's going to be a big, big-time player next year. Like, he's going to be one that we're going to look forward to in the offseason. We're going to have a couple episodes about him. I think he's in for a big offseason and a big year next year with Champagne. And maybe Vance Joseph is D.C. Maybe. Let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, spend the last uh, couple minutes on the show talking about this uh, this Ryan Clark news. Um, I I have an interesting perspective to it, uh, but for as for like Kareem Jackson and Randy Gregory commenting on it, I do find it a little bit uh, funny. Um, I wrote about it for uh, Predominantly Orange. First, I'll ask you, what were your thoughts on just what Ryan Clark said altogether? Um, about Champagne calling him uh, his his behaviors at Denver Broncos head coach unacceptable, um, basically saying, uh, yeah, you're just calling his uh, his behavior unacceptable and unethical or whatever. Um, basically, just trying to you know um, criticize Champagne as much as he can, um, even though. Uh, you know, we we definitely have our strong opinions about Sean Payton. Um, I feel like he's done the most out of what he could have did this season with Russell Wilson. Um, another, actually, I want to talk about this. Chad Johnson uh, and uh, Shannon Sharp on their their podcast or whatever on YouTube, like they literally were the ones, especially Shannon Sharp, bashing Russell Wilson earlier in the season, talking about how the Broncos, uh, you know, failed. Um, trade by trading for him and all that stuff. He's playing really, really bad. You remember after the Dolphins game, if the Dolphins can score 70, why can't you? And then now all of a sudden he's defending Russell Wilson as much as he can after he gets benched. And their, their number one basis of an argument is touchdown passes, which Chad Johnson, that makes absolutely no damn sense. Please stop talking about stuff you don't know. Like I, I hate when these guys talk about stuff when they haven't watched an ounce of film. It's actually hilarious. But um this all ties in with uh, Ryan Clark as well. Like I feel like these guys aren't seeing the same thing that we're seeing out there, and they don't have the close sources um, that maybe you know these players do that see it. Um, but what are your thoughts on it? Like you would think, former players specifically would yeah. kind of understand what's happening in the Broncos situation or drama or whatever you want to call it. And again, Ryan Clark was the same one last year on Get Up that was telling the Broncos to 
to bench Russ. Now, again, that was last year with Hackett, so different circumstances, different season, but whatever. But even at the beginning of the season, like they were shaming, they were going after Russ personally. Like, and now it's like a full 180 on how now he's being threatened and all this and what a bad guy Champagne is, but yet they don't want to acknowledge what Ian Rappaport reported, which was the players were discussing privately about the situation, how Russ on tape is missing people wide open every week. They don't want to mention that part because if the players are in agreement with Sean Payton, is Ryan Clark also calling the players thugs basically because they're going against Russell? Like what's going on? Like the team is supposed to be first. And I get that the situation and the timing of it wasn't ideal, especially after beating the chiefs. But if we, if me and Amir had the same thoughts of man, if Stidham was in the game, I think the game would be looking a lot different. The offense would look a lot different. If we had the same thoughts, I can only imagine the talks that was happening inside the building where no one hears it, the private talks, the private meetings that they have. I can only imagine what they've been saying. So I don't understand why people now are just going after Sean and the drama that's been going on. And defending Russ, like if they've always been defending Russ. Like they've still have been criticizing his play. And I understand his stats look great. But they were the ones even saying that the stats don't tell the full picture. So they, the contradictions between, I don't know why the Broncos are the main focal point for like the big media outlets. But it just seems like a lot of the big media outlets are out of touch with what the Broncos are doing on a day-to-day basis and the news and all that because it's just contradiction after contradiction and like the irony and all of it it it, like i'm losing focus on what they actually mean because one week they say something and the other week they say the complete opposite and that's why it was like i really really hoped like the Bengals would have came back today and just one more week of just us in the hunt because the last thing the media wanted was to stick up to champagne again because after he did that, about, said all those things about Hackett, they had to talk about him coming back from a one in five start, a historic bad start with the defense. They had to talk about him. Oh, he's turned the season around. And then imagine if they had to do it again with all this drama and Russ, they would have hated it. Absolutely hated it because he would have been right once again. And again, I think he's still right with what he did. But again, with the Ryan Clark, with the thug thing, that, that that's that's disgraceful that he even mentioned that that's unbelievable and i know cream jackson mentioned something in the comment section he did clarify his thoughts like on twitter because he thought that one of our reporters were trying to stir the pot or whatever but again at the end of the day i don't know why foreign players like ryan clark are saying things like that because if the players are even agreeing with their own head coach and they even got reported i I don't know what to say i I really don't The, the contradictions are on another level I'm lost with what everyone's saying because they're on both sides of it and then they're in the middle and they go to one extreme side. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know, Amir. I don't know. Watch. If he goes and signs with the Falcons next year and he plays bad, the first ones to it are going to be Ryan Clark, Shan Sharp. Right now, Ben Trussell Wilson, he's not good. You guys shouldn't have signed him. It's 
the number two, th- these are the biggest things I'm seeing. If you're a Broncos fan, if you're a Seahawks fan that st- stuck mm-hmm. with Russ, or you're just a, an anonymous NFL fan, whatever, or even an analyst or a former player, the two biggest things that I'm seeing defending Russ is he has 26 touchdown passes. Doesn't fucking mean anything. Number two, Sean Payton was mean to him. He shouldn't have benched him. Should have just finished out the season. That's I'm being serious. That's the number two thing I'm seeing. Like yeah, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense. What logic is behind that argument? I okay. I went on our last episode and I said George Payton needs to be fired. What he did with that whole situation addressing it, bullshit. That is that should not represent the Broncos organization. Sean Payton came and said out that he had no idea of this, no recollector. We don't know how true that is. I. I'm willing to bet he did know about this and he had some part in it. But at the end of the day, George Payne did lead this. He did give him that contract. He put that clause in the contract. And then all, all of a sudden, not even a year and a half later, starts to backtrack and try to take it out as if you you weren't the one that was a part of putting that in his contract. Like We had a whole episode talking about that. He needs to go. I don't care if the Broncos blow out the Raiders next week. He's should be He should have been gone a while ago. So anyways, the, the basis of the argument here doesn't make any sense defending Russell Wilson. You, if you put someone pulled me up the tape and show me Russell Wilson standing, stepping up in the pocket, making throws, playing well, and not being the reason that the Broncos lost games and were you know playing to their full potential, then I will hear you out. Until you show me that film and stop showing me that he's tied with Patrick Mahomes and touchdown passes. Which, by the way, Russ, I don't know why you're liking tweets like that. Like, yeah, you have the it. you have the freedom to do whatever you want, but that's how is that going to back up anything for your reason of getting you shouldn't have been benched like. Who, who gives a living shit if you threw 35 touchdown passes? We all know the reason why he was that high in touchdown passes. We've had multiple episodes talking about it. That should not warrant you not getting benched. Like, you've held this back, this offense back so much, and it showed in today's game. And I'm still on the boat of, like, Jared Sidham is much better than you in certain aspects of the passing game. And my whole thing about it, too, which I'm glad I, I just I remembered this, but the whole argument between like RC and the guys on ESPN, some of the guys on ESPN, I would say, because not everyone shares the same opinions there, but like they believe like this is just strictly a financial, um, it, like they, they, they believe it's strictly a financial thing. Like we're going to bench him just because of the financial part. We don't want him getting hurt or whatever, which I, I mean, I'm assuming that plays a little part in it, but it's mainly because of the football reasons. Like, he was not helping the offense. It's not because of the financial issues. I promise you it's not. They would because have did it already. Yes, exactly. If it was a financial issue, they would have done it when we were 1-5. When we were 1-5, they would have done it. It was strictly a football reason why he got benched. He was not helping us win. If we would have beaten the Patriots and he would have played good, you think we would have benched him? No, he would have, he would have been playing in this game. Why? Because his football play would have been better. But since he played bad against the Patriots, he got benched. And some would say, like us, that should have been done a while ago. But again, this was not a financial benching, I should say. It was not. Not even close to it. It was for football reasons. Payne even said it in his press conference. But again, RC specifically doesn't want to mention that because he sticks with one opinion and then he rides with it, even though it's been reported that it was for football reasons. And then you get the other stuff with like the players in the locker room and the tape and all that. Like there's been evidence now that this was a football decision, not a financial decision, but 
I guess people just like to stick with their opinions and just write it out instead of just listening to every single point of view and listening to every single thing and learning and just kind of listening to everything. But I guess it is it, that's what we live in nowadays, I guess, just a social media aspect of just always wanting to argue and debate instead of just listening to others and stuff like that. It's sad, but again, it was a fo- it was a strictly a football decision, in my opinion. Oh, they'll always die by their opinion before they'll recognize that they're actually wrong at the end of the day. Yeah. Like it's it's actually hard to watch because as you know, <clears throat> we obviously we both write uh, for pre- predominantly orange. So we have like an in-depth understanding of how, you know, the Broncos operate and what they uh, all the little in detail things. Mm-hmm. And then when you see former players come out who have played this game at the highest level and claim that Rush shouldn't have been benched because of his touchdown passes and because the Broncos are doing him dirty with his contract. Can I clarify something? The Broncos didn't ask him to to restructure his contract this season. They if they did if they did, that wasn't the reason that they threatened to bench him. It was because of the whole injury guarantee thing. They didn't Shannon Sharp's talking about how don't give money back to the Broncos. They're trying to do they're not asking him to restructure his contract. They're they simply they didn't even ask to remove the injury guarantee. They asked him to push it back. Like yeah. was that that would have made it easier for you to stay here, Russ. That would have made it easier for you to stay here. And he still didn't do it. So I mean, the writing's on the wall. It really is. And the irony in all of it was like he even came Russ even came out after and said, like, I want to be here in Denver and all that. I mean, it would have been a lot more likely he would have been in Denver if he would have just deferred it. Like, again, we're not trying to take all of his money back. It was just an injury designation. It's just the irony in all of this just comes back full circle and just like, it's just tough to get everyone's point of view. And, and listen, I'd rather be proven wrong almost every single time because, again, I would learn something from it instead of sticking with my opinion and then still being wrong. Like, I'd rather just be getting proven wrong because the more I learn, the more I get – the more knowledge I have, but people would rather just stick with their opinions and not only stick with their opinions, like bash others while doing it instead of just learning. And that, I think that's the whole thing I've learned through all of this. It's just not like people just going swinging for the fences with their opinions and stuff instead of just listening and understanding the, you know, the real stuff behind it. But man, it got ugly and the drama, it is what it is. But again, everyone has their own takes on it and stuff. I thought the Broncos were some right in like they're in the right some reasons, but again, it's unfortunate it came to that. Again, not a financial part. It was a football decision that needs to be made like made note of football decision. If this was a financial decision, this late into the season, okay, whatever we can maybe have an argument about that. It was a football decision. Uh, that wraps up everything with Russ, the Broncos winning today. Um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed. If you're listening on YouTube, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, help us get to 2,000 subscribers. Want to wrap up the episode by saying thank you guys so much for the support this year. This podcast, adding um, adding Jordan has been a pleasant addition to the pod, man. Uh, we've, had a lot, we've had a lot of good episodes, um, a lot more uh, funny moments uh, to come in the future, um, and a lot, you know, a lot of great uh, episodes coming up. And then we're gonna, you know, continue to grind out episodes starting in 2024. So, everybody that supported the show this year, um, I appreciate you so so much. Seriously, um, we'll have uh, giveaways coming up in the uh, upcoming future. Um, But Jordan, do you want to end us off with anything? I got uh, one more thing to end off on, and it's not to throw any salt on any wounds, but I would like to give a shout-out, another shout-out to Jarrett Stidham. 
on how he did today. And I just learned as of right now that there were zero, zero three and outs today from the offense. Zero mm. three and outs. I get that we can criticize his accuracy, and rightfully so. He hasn't been with the first-team offense for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say the whole season at this point. But zero three and outs. So do with that information as you would. You can do whatever you want with that. But outside of the accuracy, again, I thought Stidham did his part. And I think that should tell the whole story about everything. That is Stidham to you. That is Stidham <laughs> to you. He, I, I, lo- I love the guy, man. I We're going to come with future episodes uh, with what we should do, the quarterback position in the future. I'm so excited for it. Um, but to stay tuned uh, and up to date with that, make sure you turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Happy New Year to everyone. More episodes to come. Love you guys so much. Uh, like I said, Happy New Year. I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. To the next one. Peace out, everybody. Peace.